With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome to the Remind League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Brown. Today's episode, we'll look back at that surprising win by the Commanders against the Dallas Cowboys in the season a few weeks ago. They finished 8-8-1. Rivera could finally say he had more seven wins, more than seven wins in a season here in DC. The loss actually would have helped the draft position, but as a Commander fan, of course, it's always nice to beat the hated Dallas Cowboys. The team also fired Scott Turner, so we'll hit on that as well. Uh, and last, I'll do a preview of the divisional round weekend full of playoff games. Hopefully, it's a good competitive weekend of football like it was last weekend. A lot to get to, so let's get started. All right, looking at that dominating 26 to 6 win by Washington. You know, Dallas looked horrible from the jump. Uh, the muff punt um, and then the muff punt return. Uh, it, it, they just looked out of sorts all the way from the beginning. Um, and obviously the commanders capitalized on that. Prescott was absolutely horrendous. Um, he looked horrible. Probably the worst game he's ever played against the commanders. Maybe the worst, one of the worst games he's ever played in his whole career. Uh, Washington was able to capitalize on it. You know, that interception by Kendall Fuller was an absolute idiotic play by Dak. I don't know why he went back to back to the same spot, same route, um, against the same corner in Kendall. And Kendall, you know, dropped a pick six a day the play before. The next play, obviously, made up for that and took it to the house uh, on the interception. So uh, Prescott played horrible. Always nice to see as a Commanders fan. Dallas just looked horrible overall. Now, of course, it doesn't matter. They're in the playoffs. They had a really good week, a wild card win against Tampa. Um, so they're, you know, moving on to the second round of the playoffs and then Washington can't say. So can't hate them too much, but obviously it's nice uh, to take some solace in that victory uh, that Washington has on, in week 18. Okay, moving on to Sam Howell. Obviously he had a really good, you know, I say really good. He had a good rookie debut. Um, he only threw the ball 19 times. So his first pass of uh, the game was a first pass of the NFL career. It was a dry route to get Tim McLaurin hit the stride. Um, Terry took it the rest of the way, the rest of, you know, 10 yards or whatever it was after he caught the ball. Um, he was good and solid in his reads. Uh, he was 11 of 19, 169 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. The interception was horrible. Um, I think there's no other really way to say. He threw it into really trouble coverage. It was a bad read by him. But he's a rookie, a fifth-round rookie at that. Um, that is to be expected. Um, he had five carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. He showed off some of those skills that he had in Carolina where he had over 800 yards rushing in his junior year for Carolina. Definitely has some mobility to his game, something he can bring to the next level. And bring an added element to his offense if he is the quarterback going forward. Um, again, he showed that mobility. Um, interception was bad, but he did throw some beautiful, beautiful passes. Um, one in a deep ball to Jahan Dotson. That would have been a tough catch by Jahan, but you expect him to make that play um, just because of his capability. Um, he has great hands, and he's going to be a great player for this team. Um, so that was a tough catch, but you would expect him to come down with it. And obviously the deep pass to Terry, which they were able to connect on, was a huge, huge play and a beautiful ball by Sam. So um, he's a guy that has that ability. It's what he showed at Carolina. Um, he had zip on the ball the whole time. Much stronger arm than uh, Heineke. It's really no contest. Kind of right up there with Carson as, as part of his arm strength. Um, so that's, that's something that team could you know build around and hopefully you know go forward with if he is a starting quarterback. Um, he has the potential to you know, be a starter in this league. I don't know if he'd be a great starter, but maybe a league average. And if you have a really good running game and weapons and a good defense around him, you can win with him. And that's all really Washington needed this year. They needed someone that could just not screw up, basically. And um, you know, some games they couldn't do that, whether it be Taylor or Carson. 
Obviously, Carson's last start was absolutely um, terrible and really the reason Washington came into the playoffs or one of the reasons. Um, so, you know, if Sam can build on this, you can't put too much, um, you know, faith or factor into one start, but it's a nice start again and against a team that was going to the playoff against a really good defense. And I know people were saying, you know, Dallas didn't try, but that's BS. They played all their starters. They were trying to win that game. They had something to play for. If they won and Philly lost, they would have got the NFC East title and um, would have had a home playoff game. Um, so, you know, Dallas tried. It just they looked horrible. So you, you, you got to you know give some props to Sam there. Um, he has to be a part of the equation, the quarterback decision going forward in this offseason. Uh, apparently they're telling OC candidates that he is the starting quarterback as of now, and he is the only quarterback under contract. So that makes sense. doesn't mean they want a veteran even a high draft pick, but right now, um, he definitely could be um, that guy. Uh, obviously, Heineke's a free agent. They're going to cut Carson Wentz to save money, which obviously needs to be done. He doesn't need to be a part of this team going forward. Um, he proved that in Week 17 against Cleveland. Um, maybe you bring back Heineke, Heineke to compete with Sam or be a backup. Apparently, Heineke, by all accounts, is willing to back up um, Hal and you know, be, be a mentor towards him. So that's, that'd be nice to see. Um, but again, they can bring in another guy from free agency, whether it be Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett, um, guys like that, someone that's a, you know, a journeyman and that can at least be competent behind Sam or give Sam a, um, a run for his money in a competition. But at that point, maybe you just bring back Heineke. Um, running backs were pretty solid. Jerry Patterson had 17 carries for 78 yards. Um, he's a guy that had a really, career, really good career at University of Buffalo. He's in his second year now. Obviously, he didn't get much playing time for this game with all the injuries. Jonathan Williams had 14 carries for 32 yards. Um, O-line was, you know, okay. I thought Cosby didn't play that great at right tackle. Um, I thought Chris Ball had some moments. He has the potential to maybe be a starter down the line maybe next year. Obviously, this line could have potentially three new starters. You got Leno locked in at left tackle, and then Cosby's going to start at right tackle or guard. He's a former second-round pick. He needs to play. Um, Rulier obviously, hopefully, can, you know, he's a very good starter center in this league, but it's two straight years now that he's had a season-ending injury. So there's no guarantee that you know he's going to be able to play next year or at least be relied on. Um, but obviously, they need potentially two new guards in the center, maybe a tackle if they move Cosby inside. Um, so O-line is definitely going to be something that needs to be shuffled this offseason. Um, Terry, that uh, was a huge catch by him, a uh, deep ball by Sam. I obviously, had the touchdown. He did have one drop, which is very, very unlike him. That would have been something that he would have walked. I mean, he would have ran another 20 yards if um, it was a third down conversion. Sam threw a nice ball. Another drag route. Terry just you know overlooked it. He, caught, he was looking to run before he caught it. Very much unlike him, um, but again, he's still one of the best receivers in the league. And Washington's, you know, face of the franchise. Jahan was nice for three catches, 72 yards. Hell of a route run. I love the way he shakes um, in and out of breaks. Always the defender guessing one way or another. He's really good at the stem of his route, and that's something he showed at Penn State and showed in D.C. Um, and it's just great to see that it translated so quickly for a rookie. Um, it definitely showed why he was a he was a four-year player at Penn State, and that's why he was able to contribute really from day one for Washington. Um, and I expect a thousand-yard season out of him next year. Um, I would like to see Curtis Samuel get more involved really the last month, five weeks of the season, but it just didn't, wasn't part of the game plan it seemed like. Um, and you know, just he's a really talented player. He was he should you know get the ball more than one or two times. He's been getting um, that last month of the season. Defensively, Ridgeway had a really nice game before he got hurt. Um, it was a hell of a fine by Washington to pick him off waivers after training camp from Dallas. Um, that was like having another draft pick this year. Chase was pretty solid. Um, he really needs to build and have a really good fourth year. I expect him to pick up the uh, fourth year op- excuse me, fifth year's option this offseason. There's real reason really not to. I know he was hurt, but um, he has all the potential to be one of the best defensive ends in the league. And I think he can hit that next year. Uh, Kalika Hudson had a really nice game playing for Jamin Davis. He's someone that showed that he should have been on the roster all year long. 
and at least someone that could be factoring as a rotational piece next year at linebacker. Kendall had one of his best games of the year. Obviously, the aforementioned pick six. Danny Johnson needs to be part of this team next year. He didn't make the team out of training camp this year and didn't really get many two opportunities for this last month. Um, and he's someone that has always been solid. Like, he's never been great, but he's a good, solid, rotational depth piece in the secondary, and Washington needs to treat him as such. I thought Percy Butler was pretty good at free safety. Um, he's someone that they like. Fourth-round pick, really, really good. 40-time in the combine last year. Really got him push up draft boards to get in the fourth round. Um, he's going to be someone to factor in if they cut um, Bob McCain this offseason or move Bob McCain and nickel free uh, full-time like he did this year. Uh, the defense absolutely dominated, and that was great to see against Dallas. Um, Dallas could get nothing going, whether it was the running game or Dak. Um, it was great to see the way they ended the season that way. Defense showed what they could be next year. Um, and obviously, they were really, really good the last 13, 14 weeks of the season this year. So this team could be a force we reckon with next year with a new owner, a competent quarterback, a couple pieces in the offensive line, a couple pieces in the secondary, depth pieces at linebacker. A lot of, a lot of nice pieces there. This is some good momentum to take in the next year and something that hopefully they can um, hit the ground running next year in 2023. They will have the 16th pick in the draft. Obviously, I'm going to have a lot of draft talk as the offseason goes on. That's kind of my forte. Um, obviously, quarterback, O-line, quarterback should be in the discussion. At corner, um, obviously, they have been in St. Joseph Kendall Fuller, but they could use another piece, whether it be inside and um, someone that just really had more depth because they knew after those two they really had no depth this year until Danny Johnson came on later in the year. O-line, like I said, could use a tackle or guard. I don't really see a guard willing, really ready to take their Osiris. Osiris Torrance is someone to consider. It might be high at 16. Uh, could be some tackle options, though. And a quarterback, you're really going to have to trade up. Or maybe a guy like Anthony Richardson drops off. Excuse me, drops down. But he is a obviously a huge project coming out of Florida. Probably not really to play to at least 2024, if not 2025. But he has all the talent in the world to be a really, really good quarterback in the NFL. Bits off his running ability, and he has a rocket for an arm. Um, so... Um, He's someone to consider if he drops 16 or maybe he drops a 10 or 11, you think about going get him. Um, I expect C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis obviously be a long on before pick 16. At cornerback, I think they can go to Penn State again and get like a guy like Jerry Porter Jr., um, the former Steelers linebacker's son. Um, he's someone at 6'2". Um, that could be a nice piece in Washington secondary. But Or Christian Gonzalez from Morgan's another one. So there's a lot of good options, but again, I'll, I'll dive more into that after the playoffs. Uh, speaking of Scott Turner, obviously he is out. I think he needed, he needed to go. Based on all the players' comments the last month of the season, they were fed up with him. They didn't want to see him back. Um, and I think it was good for player morale that he is gone. Um, might not have all been all in him. Obviously, they need quarterback and a line, but he made some questionable decisions there, especially on fourth down conversions, I mean, attempts and everything. So it was, it was glad that Ron kind of broke the mold and actually fired one of his guys, per se. The guys that have been rumored or at least been rumored to interview uh, Ken Zampese, the current quarterback coach. I think that would kind of be a mistake at that point. Uh, he was not that good as a Bengals offensive coordinator. If that's the case, if they go with him, I think it's because people don't want to work with Ron and Washington this right now because they know it's kind of a dead staff walking. Because um, with a new owner, they're going to want a new guy. I don't know if a new guy wants to come in if they know that the head coaching and the current coach staff is going to be on a short leash. Um, so if they hire him, I think it's going to be because they couldn't really get anyone else. Pat Shermer, the former head coach for the Giants and Browns, um, he has had success at offensive coordinator, um, so he could be someone, at least he's had some experience there. He's someone to think of. Then you get the position coaches, Charles Lennon, Eric Studsville. Um, no really experience calling plays, but um, they're going to be interviewing them in the next week or so. And then Daryl Bevel, who they tried to interview, but he is going to stay in Miami, the former OC for the Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl back in 2014 or whatever it was. Um, so those are the guys that have been rumored to at least been interviewed. None of those guys really jump off the page to me. 
there was murmurs that Pat, Eric Bieniemy would be someone that would come free in Washington would like, and he come to come to Washington because even Bieniemy can't say he doesn't play call there. Um, so um, he could be someone that Washington he can get a shot at play calling to see what he can do, see if he can finally get a head coaching job in the future. Byron Leftwood is another one. There's rumors Tampa Bay might part ways with him. He's a DC native, former NFL player, obviously for the Jaguars and Steelers. Had a nice career, um, and he's someone that I'd like to see. He has head coach potential as well. He's on the younger side. Um, he obviously had success in Tampa winning a Super Bowl. Obviously, you could contribute that to Tom Brady, of course. But um, Leftwood is a guy I'd really like to see if he is let go of Tampa um, and someone that, heck, if he put calls plays well enough in Washington gets the playoffs as well and the owner still wants to make a change they could go with uh leftwich going forward um over ron also something to consider um even with guys like the enemy and leftwich is that ron and may said they won a two-to-one run ratio which i think is wild and doesn't really happen in the nfl today i think they were probably being a little i don't know just over the top there it's i know this team is built on running so ron had success in carolina we had Jonathan stewart d'angelo williams I think he thinks he can recreate that with Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr., but it's just not feasible in the NFL today. And also with so many weapons on this team, with Terry, uh, Jahan, Curtis Samuel, uh, and obviously, like I said, Antonio Gibson uh, and uh, Brian Robinson, and then obviously if De'Ami Brown, if they were at Cam Sims, Logan Thomas could be back if they don't cut him to save cap space. They, they have plans for Cole Turner, Monty Rodgers, guys like that. Um, they should be able to throw the ball. They have too many weapons, if not. Obviously, O-line's a big part of that. Like I said earlier in the podcast, they need to rebuild that O-line and they need a quarterback. Maybe Sam could take a step forward, um, but either way, or whoever the quarterback's going to be, they, they have too many weapons to just run the ball that much. Um, even a quick game, um, screens, slants, whatever, uh, you, you get the ball to your playmakers and you have three really good ones on the outside. So I think it's kind of ridiculous that they have to go to 2-1 ratio. And that could scare away offensive coordinator candidates too. They think that Ron needs to be a part of the game plan or there's always going to be in their head about running. They're not going to have liberty to do what they want to do, and that's obviously going to scare some guys away as well. Um, so something to consider um, when this OC search continues and whoever they you know settle on, it's always going to be something to consider there to see. Um, again, I think if Zampies is the pick, it's going to make some people upset, um, and I think it's really because it's going to be hard to attract a hot offensive coordinator candidate um, when this could be a one-year deal, really, just because Ron could be fired at any moment with a new owner coming in. Okay, now looking back at the playoffs, um, obviously the wild card round, um, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, basically upsetting the, um, I don't want to say upsetting, but whatever, the Chargers of a comeback of what it was 27-0, um, the Chargers are going to charge her, and what everyone you know says they're... Um, that saying goes or whatever. I'm really surprised Staley is keeping his job. Um, they had a horrible, horrible week. Uh, really second half, obviously. Mike Williams didn't get to play because Brandon Staley played him in week 18 in, in a meaningless game. That was not a good decision by him, obviously. So that was surprising um, that they, you know, kept Staley and now Jacksonville's moving on. You have the Giants and Minnesota. Minnesota obviously looked... Very, like a very vulnerable 13-4 and four team, if there's ever been such a saying. Um, but you got to give the hats off the Giants. Daniel Jones played tremendously. Um, Saquon was good. Their defense showed up. Uh, they did a really, really good job against Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the league right now. So uh, you hate to see the Giants move on. It's almost defying logic because that, that team is not that talented. But somehow they keep winning, and um, you obviously got to tip your cap. Um, obviously, then you have the Bengals and Ravens. That was a tough game uh, going um, – for Cincinnati, I, I'm surprised they didn't really blow out Baltimore with Lamar out. But Cincinnati was able to hang on for a win, obviously, in that big 98-yard fumble return touchdown by Sam Hubbard um, was really the deciding factor. 
You have Dallas beating Tampa. Uh, that was obviously a kind of a blowout from the beginning, and that's the way it should have been based on talent. Um, I thought Tampa was going to have a shot just because of Tom, but uh, you know Dallas you know, did what they were supposed to do. Again, you, they you know, played like they were supposed to, won the game, and did what they uh, needed to advance. You know, Buffalo, Miami, that was also a tough, tight game. I was surprised for that, um, really, because Miami was playing a third round, excuse me, a sixth round uh, rookie or third stringer, Skylar Thompson, but they were able to hang in there. They made a lot of plays on defense um, to rattle Josh Allen. And Buffalo's moving on, obviously. Um, so, I mean, there were, there were some good games, and it was, and obviously the 49ers game, excuse me, they, so Seattle was up in that game 17 16. San Francisco, you know, really blew them out in the second half and showed why I think they're the team that's going to come out of the NFC. And they're the really, really most complete team in the NFC on offense and defense. Yes, Brock Party is a little bit of wild card because he is a seventh round Mr. Irrelevant player, but he's done nothing to show that he's someone that is competent enough to run that offense, get the ball out quick, get a ball, the ball out to his playmakers, and um, do well. So, um, I think I went five and one in picks last week. I know I didn't do a podcast, um, but I, I had the Dallas one wrong, and uh, I think that was it. I actually got beat up by my girlfriend. I went six and zero. Oh. She was perfect with the Jacksonville pick, so um, that is a little embarrassing for a former NFL. Uh, personnel pl- person, but either way, San Francisco, um, I think is coming out of the NFC, and let's move on to the divisional games. Jacksonville, Kansas City. Um, I think Kansas City is going to, I don't want to say blow out, but I think they're going to win about 10 points against Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a young team that had a really, really good second half of the year. They have a really good competent coach now, Doug Peterson. Trevor Lawrence had a hell of a second half last week, even though his first half was absolutely horrendous. Um, four interceptions. But he kind of showed what he can be going forward. Um, they're going to Kansas City in a cold environment. Obviously, being in Jacksonville, they're not used to that. Um, so it's going to be a tough matchup for that. But I have Kansas City uh, winning that game, moving on to the AFC Championship game. That's the first game on Saturday of the Giants and Eagles. Um, don't like either of these teams being Washington fan. I think every Washington fan listening that could attest to that. Um, if they could tie, obviously that's not possible in the playoffs, but that'd be nice. But if they both lose, that'd be great too. Um, the Philly is a better team. The wild card is going to be Jalen Hurts. Is he fully healthy? He didn't look it in week 18. They had trouble beating the Giants in week 18 when Giants are resting their starters. Um, I think it's going to be a closer game than people anticipate. I just I think Philly is off right now. I think Philly will win because, um, like I said, based on talent, they are the better team. Uh, but I think it could be a closer game than people imagine. Bengals and Bills, that's going to be, I think, the best game of the weekend. Two very evenly matched teams. The Bengals didn't play that well, and the Bills didn't play that well either in their first-round matchups. Um, I like both these teams. Obviously, you have the Josh Allen and the Bills being led by the DeMar Hamlin story. Obviously, everyone's rooting for them, as they rightfully should. And then you have the Bengals. Um, AFC Championship from last year. I think they have the capability to do it again this year. I'm a really big Jamar Chase fan, uh, and I, I really just like watching the Bengals play. Joe Burrow's a great quarterback. T. Higgins a great receiver, along with Jamar Chase. Tyler Boyd, uh, Mixon's a good running back. Um, they have a really solid defense. I think it's going to be something that's going to help them uh, go forward for that team. Uh, but, you know, having said all that, I think it's going to really be a tough game for both these teams. Uh, both fairly evenly matched. you got the Bills, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Devin Singletary, running back. Dawson Knox had a really good last month, six weeks for the Buffalo Bills. Um, but I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think they would have won that game. The DeMar, the DeMar Hamlin got hurt. Granted, that was in Cincinnati. 
I think Cincinnati is going to win. I think they've looked better over the last month of the season than Buffalo. Cincinnati has won, I think, 10 in a row. So I think that's going to continue. And then you have Dallas, San Francisco. Um, San Francisco, like I said earlier, has been the most complete team in the NFC. Um, Brock Purdy's been leading that ship perfectly fine with McCaffrey um, in the backfield. And Ayuk Debo's back at a 75-yard touchdown last week. George Kittle, great offensive line led by Trent Williams. Obviously, their defense is just stellar with Joey Bosa. Who's going to win the NFL Defensive Player of the Year? Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. Um, they just are a hell of a defense, and they really are. I think it's Washington's trying to emulate themselves after. Um, Dallas obviously has a great defense too. Um, Dak has been up and down. Obviously, we showed he showed what he was against Washington in Week 18. Then he showed what he could do against Tampa in the playoffs. So that was um, really a game for him last week. But I think San Francisco's defense is a lot better than Tampa. So I'm going to say San Francisco having the home field advantage. Um, I think they're going to move on the NFC Championship. So my picks are correctly would be the 49ers and Eagles in the NFC Championship and then a Bengals-Chiefs AFC Championship. Well, that concludes the Ramon League episode. Uh, the Commanders finished on a high note to finish at 500. Uh, they have the basis of a good team, but obviously needs more pieces, starting with quarterback and a new play caller. It'll be an interesting offseason always in D.C., but hopefully it'll be a successful one. Expect to see some good football this weekend for the divisional round. Hopefully Dallas loses. And hopefully the Giants and Philly can figure out a way to both lose as well, even though we know that's not possible. <laughs> I'll be back next week looking ahead to the NFL Championship round. And you can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanLeague_Pod. underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.